Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the house of the Lord. And as you're seated, open your Bible to Luke chapter number 13. Luke chapter number 13. I, I don't, I don't, it, this is one of those deals. I, I keep a lot of messages ready, okay? I keep a lot of, I, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know, to be honest with you, how many messages that I have that I haven't even preached yet. It would probably be in the hundreds and that's not even an exaggeration. And the reason is, is because the scripture that says, be ready in season and out of season is a real thing. You have to have the word of God in you for the word of God to flow out of you. That's why the Bible is so important. Matter of fact, I did a series, I think it was the beginning of this year, it might have been last year, on the love affair. The church has got to fall in love with the word of God to see the word of God come to pass. You cannot think of the Bible as something that somebody else should read. The Bible is what you should read. And when we get together like this, it is for you and me to join together and for an equipping to take place. So the fivefold ministry, which I'm a part of, the fivefold ministry is designed for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. If you didn't know it, ministry is not supposed to happen only on Sunday morning. There's a lot that happens on a Sunday morning uh, and a Wednesday night, but it's not the only time it's supposed to happen. You're supposed to come to a place like this or tune into a service like this and to be equipped for the work of ministry. Everybody say work. When you got saved, you actually got hired. You're supposed to work for the kingdom until you can't work anymore. You're supposed to work while it's day, while you can. And then one day Jesus is going to come rescue us out of here and it's going to be a great glorious day for you and me, but it's going to be a horrible day for the people we don't reach. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be, it's going to be unimaginably terrible for people that don't know. So our job is to get equipped on the word of God to hear the word of God, which when we hear the word of God, the Bible says faith comes to us. Without faith, you can't please God. So we have to hear the word of God for faith to come to us. And then we're not supposed to just be hearers of the word, but actually doers of the word. Everybody say, be a doer. Be a doer. We're supposed to be doers of the word. So I want to I wanna just read uh, a parable, that, and maybe two today, but at least one, to kind of give you an idea of maybe some of what you have experienced in your life and and the reasons and the causes behind it so that you can be back about your father's business. Sometimes you just got to get back at it. You know, the Bible says that the righteous may fall seven times. Come on, if you fall seven times, get up at least eight. Come on, somebody. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but we get back up. Did you know you have resurrection power on the inside of you? And when something's dead, it always feels dead. You got to get up anyway. Remember he said, make disciples. Motivation will fail you. So you can't rely on motivation. You have to rely on discipline. Remember he said make disciples. That means discipline one. That means we do the right thing when we don't feel like it. 
That means we don't do the wrong thing when we do feel like it. <laughs> Come on, if, you, if, if you're the type that just loses your whole mind in traffic, which by the way, College Station traffic is, is getting, you know, more, Bryan College Station, you know, by the day seems like more congested. And if you ever think it's bad, go to Houston. I thank God that I'm not sick in any way, shape, or form, but I am clearly allergic to Houston, Texas. <laughs> I, as I get in there, I just, uh, just ready to get back to the Brazos Valley, you know. But what happens is if, if you are the type to kind of lose your mind over traffic and maybe, you know, want to wave at somebody and tell them they're number one, something like that, you know. <laughs> can I just ask you this? I want you to consider this, okay? Just consider this one thing. Would you consider taking the bumper sticker of New Heights off of your car? <laughs> just, just peel it off. Well, actually, we got people who can help you do that. Love people and point them to Christ. Luke chapter 13. Jesus spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon. Somebody say, his vineyard. You have to know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's a big difference between thinking that you own everything and understanding that you are a custodian of what he has allowed you to access. Many things you access through the miraculous power of God. Some of you are in positions right now you don't deserve to be in. God did it. Many things you access by the understanding of the word of God. So you read the word, believed the word, and something that would not have come to pass in your life has come to pass in your life because you understand the word. But at no point do we, do we have to, do we take the place of the earth is mine. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means we are a steward of it. But it is his vineyard. Does this make sense? The minute that you think you own it, you think you get to tell everybody else what to do with it. But when you realize you're a steward, you got to find out what the owner wants done and then do that. Does this make sense? So it's his vineyard. He came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said unto the dresser of the vineyard, he said, behold, three years I came seeking fruit on this fig tree. And found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? One translation says, says, why should I give space to something that's not producing? I want you to know the grace of God is not indefinite. The grace of God is not indefinite. No man knows the hour or the day when their soul will be required of them. But when they stop breathing on planet earth and they enter into eternity, whatever grace they could have accessed is over. When the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ are raised and those of us who remain are caught up to meet him in the air for those who have not been washed in the blood of Jesus, that element of grace is done. So there is not an indefinite timeline on grace. One of the, one of the 
most poisonous messages that could ever be thought of or received would be, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just decide to serve God tomorrow. I'll just decide. You young people, you cannot decide when I'm 25 or 30, I'll get serious about God. You've got to make a decision. You've got to decide to serve God. You've got to decide to give him your all in all. Because believe it or not, he wants to do more with your generation than he's going to do with my generation. Reason I know that is because the Bible's very clear that the latter house will be greater than the former house. So we are pleased with your generation doing more than we, than we can. Matter of fact, our goal is that you would both physically, uh, uh, both in the natural, but also in the supernatural stand on our shoulders and go and not have to feel like you gotta go start over all over again. We're trying to set this whole thing up for you. I want your grandkids worshiping in that building right over there. We're going to have beautiful, it's going to be so beautiful when people walk up, there's going to be kids playing and running and all that. And I'm not just looking at the kids we have now. I'm talking about your grandchildren, your, when I'm dead and gone and some other, uh, uh, some other pastors up there preaching the word of God, I'm intending that place to be a place where the people of God can gather. And I want those generations not having to start over. Listen, we're going to invest millions and millions of dollars so the next generation doesn't have to do what we are called to do. That's the will of God. So for you and for me, when we begin to think about uh, these things, we have to understand that time does have a finite element to it. We don't know exactly when it's going to be, but the Bible says it'll be like in the days of Noah. Where sin is just everywhere. Look around. The Bible says there'll be wars, rumors of wars. Earthquakes in different places. The Bible says the whole earth is groaning. We had hail that big like two times already this year. The state of Texas froze for a week. I mean, at what point are we going to go, oh. But if we let the world define it. Well, the only reason this is happening, the only reason is because some cows had some flatulence. I can't even say that with a straight face. Nobody here is anti-science by any stretch. But if you think you own it, you think you can define it. See what I'm saying? But if you understand that the earth is the Lord's, now you got to go, okay, sir, what do we need to do here? Well, when the time's starting to look short, you don't act the same. When the time is starting to look short, you don't act the same. If you're running late, you don't walk the same pace. If it's looking like the time clock's coming down, you know, you can, you can watch a football game and, and tune in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and you can pretty much watch the whole game. Because when time gets short, attention goes up. The scripture says, I've come these three years looking for fruit, didn't find any. He said, he said, so why am I, am, are you guys allowing this inactive, inoperative, uh, idle tree to live in my vineyard. He said, cut it down. Verse 8. 
He answering said unto him, Lord, this is the dresser of the vineyard. Let it alone this year also. Somebody say grace. grace. Till I dig around it and dung it. I came to present to you today that what you are going through might have been what you needed for the fruit to actually show up. The dresser of the vineyard said, if you'll just give me one more chance, I'll work on this tree. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to dig around it. I don't know if you know this, but plants, their root system can't necessarily go through rock. And sometimes ground, especially ground with livestock on it, it has to be aerated more than once. Because what will happen is the ground with all the different hooves stomping on it will get compacted. And when all that ground gets compacted, now whatever was supposed to grow in that field for those for that livestock to eat, the roots cannot force its way down through the ground that has become compacted. And it didn't get compacted in a day. It got compacted by doing the same thing over and over and over and over again until you don't even know it. But the ground that is supposed to be fertile soil in your heart has become stony and hard. I'm just walking. I'm just going. It's just Tuesday. It's just Wednesday. I'll read my Bible tomorrow. I'll witness to somebody tomorrow. I'm not going to send that text message. I'm not going to make that phone call. I'm not going to bring them to church. I'll do it next week. This week's probably going to be crazy because I have this, 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 and this going on. And before you know it, you have compacted the very ground that God is trying to sink his roots into. So the the dresser of the vineyard says, the first thing I got to do, sir, is I'm going to have to get rid of everything that has become compacted. Can I say it differently? The first thing I've got to do is I've got to disrupt what you think is stable. Because we get so, we get so comfortable with our jobs. We get so comfortable with our little cute set of friends. You know, the ones that laugh at all your jokes. They know everything about you. But if you're really honest, they have their claws in you and you can't go past where you are right now because you're going to have to separate from some things that are holding you back if you want to go to new levels. I don't want a new relationship. I don't want to make myself available. I don't want to change anything. I want everything that I've had. It's so stable and firm right here. The wind blows and I'm just sitting here. The only problem is is you have no fruit. So the the dresser of the vineyard, which clearly works for God. Can we see this in the parable? Clearly works for God. Comes in and says, the only thing that's going to work with this one, Lord, is we're going to need some instability to show up in their life. I'm going to need something they don't expect. I'm going to need a curveball they don't expect because they forgot that you're the one. They forgot that you're the one that sets free. They've gotten comfortable in the ground that they've walked on and compacted. But I'm going to need something that's going to shake the ground a little bit in their life so that they'll remember that you are the all in all. How many times have we gotten so comfortable? We've walked it down ourselves. And then when the instability shows up and you've gotten a bad report and bad news and something has happened and you blame the devil and every demon that works for him, all the while it was the dresser of the vineyard. 
You blame the devil long before you ever said, God, what is happening in my life? Because whom the father loves, he chastens, he corrects. No good parent doesn't leave a child uncorrected. He looks down and he says, that building's not going to work, New Heights. Oh, I know. It's very comfortable now. Everything's nice and cushy. But I'm going to try to, I'm going to send some people and I'm going to need a bigger place. And I know it stretched you years ago just to do this. And this is going to be way more of a stretch. But you're going to have to get a little bit uncomfortable if you're going to have the fruit that I'm trying to put on your tree. And then when all the instability shows up and you think, oh, man, this is bad. It can't get any worse than this. All of a sudden, here comes the dung. (laughs) Dung is, is a very... Old-fashioned word. It means fertilizer. The natural kind. That means when you didn't think it could get worse. Who am I talking to this morning? You didn't think it could get worse. Everything that you had that was stable was rocked. And then all of a sudden, wham. It's not attractive. You're looking for the perfume of heaven and something else hits. I have a terrible story. You want to hear it? I'm going to tell it the first service. And the first service is always cool because that means if I don't like how it comes out, I don't have to tell it in the second service. And if you're ever wondering, that's kind of how we pick which sermon goes online. We have an 18-pound Jack Russell Terrier dog. I don't know what he ate the other day. But he ate something. I know exactly what day it was. It was last Sunday. We came home. He stays in a, in a kennel, you know, like a wire cage when we're not home because he will eat the house if we do not. I don't know what he ate. He's never done this before. But it looked like a brown sprinkler had gone off in the room that he was in. Open the door to the house. Praise the Lord. God is so good. First thing I heard was my nine-year-old. I just closed the door and left. It's not true. Took an hour. An hour. Clean it up. We were driving home yesterday. We had to go down to the woodlands. I told my wife, I said, just so you know, if he did it again, I'm going to grab that cage. And here's how I'm going to start. I'm just going to rinse him off in the pool. 
the same nine-year-old that was gagging was like, dad, no. I'm like, then you're doing it. She's like, that's fine. I think you'll be all right. Rinse him off. I'm talking about dung. Everything gets unstable. You don't think it could get any worse. And then all of a sudden, wham. All the while, if you really looked back with earnesty, it's what you didn't like and you didn't prefer and you didn't ask for is what verified that God is exactly who he said he is. The time that he healed you before means he will heal you again. The time that he saved you promises he will save that prodigal son. The time that he changed your situation is proof positive that he will do something for you. What do you think the prophet thought when the brook dried up? You told me to come here. Where's the bird with my breakfast? You would have never changed if nothing had changed. You would have never shifted if your environment hadn't shifted. You got to find out it's not the dirt you're planted on. That's the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's the rock of ages that the root system of your life is entwined around that holds you stable. Take anything from me. My dying breath will be Jesus is king. Because I have found him to be faithful. Not just while I'm standing. I found him to be faithful when I'm flat on my back. Maybe you've lived long enough to be abandoned. If you hadn't, just stick around. I got people right now. They call me for prayer. People that you'll see, you'll see their name on TV. But they don't want to be seen with a guy like me. They want my faith. But they don't want the instability I'm willing to walk in to live it out. They want the results of my faith without being comfortable in the dung. See, ministry doesn't always smell good. Ministry doesn't always feel good. And if we're really honest, serving God doesn't always feel stable. How many of you, God has just shaken you this season and said, I got to have more out of this family. I hear the voice of God just saying, you're not normal and you don't get to act normal. You don't get to act normal. You'll never be satisfied in the boat if Jesus is on the waves. There's got to be an element of you that says, if everything I have goes unstable tomorrow and then something is dumped on me that I wasn't expecting, still will I decree and I declare that God is faithful. There has to be an element that just demands, that places a demand on the atmosphere until the atmosphere changes. There has to be an element of your life that says, Certainly all the promises in the Bible are yes and amen, but so are the attacks of the enemy. You can't have one without the other. Did you know in order for you to have a victory, you have to have an opposition? I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Because the battle, the 
belongs to you, Lord. Listen. What that song also said is, I'm going to have opposition. I'm going to get unstable. There's going to be some things in my life that I don't understand. But still I'll serve you. Still I'll hold you. job now what, what, what if your instability is him because you've surrounded yourself with people that love you but they're also restricting you what, what, what if that instability is to make sure that next season you have fruit Notice the dresser of the vineyard didn't say, will you give me five minutes? We pray these little 30-second weak prayers. And then if it doesn't happen the next day, we rail our fist and question if God is on the throne. When the dresser of the vineyard said, if you'll just give me a year, when's the last time you committed to anything for a year? I say it like this. You give me... You give New Heights Church one year of your life, and I mean committed. I'm talking tithing, offering, serving on the first touch team. You're behind in a seat every time that the doors are open. And before God, you will not recognize your life 12 months from now. I'm talking about a shift. What if the whole thing was to take you to another level? What if the whole plan was to take you to another level? I don't understand. I thought I was retired and I was never going to have to worry about this, 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 or that. What if the whole thing is to take you to another level and the next 30 years of your life are going to overwhelm the last 60 years of your life? What if the anointing coming on your life is going to cost you more than a little 10 second bless me now before I go to sleep prayer that every heathen on a bar stool prays? What if it's going to cost you some instability? What if it's going to cost you walking in a place where you know everybody's not crazy about you? other thing kind of about fertilized situation is you kind of smell like what hits you. There's some stuff I've been through and if I'm real honest, I still smell like it from time to time. talking about an idea I'm talking about an experience the church has hidden our testimonies for too long 
said, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Somebody needs to know it wasn't always a white picket fence and the yard was mowed perfect. Somebody in your life needs to know that the great deliverer, the great God Jehovah is still all powerful and all knowing and is radically willing to pour his grace out. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.